years, your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Hello, hello, and welcome again to another episode of Study Buddies, the podcast where we bring you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. My name is Paola Sanchez Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. Way back. Hello. <laughs> um, so we have, you know, it's a, it's a Tuesday. It's a new Tuesday, and we got a new study for you, you know, as we do. That we do. Taylor, what do we got today? Today's study is called Higher Social Anxiety Severity, predicts better cognitive empathy performance in women, but not men. Ooh, that's interesting. So many yeah. um, very big words that I really like. I like a lot of these words. So w- tell me what this study was looking to explore. Uh, so this was an October 2020 study published in the Psychological Reports. And basically previous studies showed mixed and inconsistent findings regarding how social anxiety is related to different different types of empathy. Mm. So this study looked to see if gender was a factor in these findings. The authors share how women are one and a half to 2.2 times more likely to be diagnosed with social anxiety disorder. Wow. And they also note how social anxiety and the personality traits related to it might relate to empathy and make a person more hypersensitive to real or imagined social rejection or criticism. Ooh, I have chills. This is this is speaking to me. <laughs> the the social anxiety is relatable. So many of it. So many of it. <laughs> so many of the things. Yeah, so the author shared that empathy, which they defined at, defined as quote the experience of thoughts and feelings in response to another person's affective state that mirror or resemble that person's thoughts and feelings, end quote, Mm. might be typically, like, protective. That might be something that's usually helpful for you. Mm. But it also might make someone more, like, attuned to pick up on subtle rejections and sort of ruminate and overthink about them. It's like as if I was at a party I would be more likely to, like, notice or read into somebody giving me a weird look, and then I would think about that weird look just all night. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Not so. And and then you're overthinking about that weird look that Stassi gave you. Oh, Stassi. Right. And that might make you less likely to notice other positive social interactions going out that would going on that would kind of like dull out the impact of that weird look right so you've got like a just a cycle of anxiety because you're not noticing any of the positive things and you're like oh no they're now Jax is giving me a weird look now Kristen is giving me a weird look but these are all characters from Vanderpump Rules in case you're wondering oh I see well maybe <laughs> Jax and Kristen gave you a, a nice look after and maybe Stassi did but you were still worried about that one weird look she gave you mm. so you like weren't paying attention to the other ones because you're like hypersensitive to those anything that might be a threat. Got it. So we're all familiar with that feeling, mm-hmm. or maybe at least Paula and I yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, the authors sought to further conflicting research from the past on social anxiety's relationship with empathy mm-hmm. and how that em- that relationship might be affected by gender mm. and. They also wanted to examine general anxiety measures as well as social anxiety, uh, which not a lot of other studies had incorporated in the past. And so that's important to note that general anxiety and social anxiety are, are different in this in this study. Right. And they hypothesized that women who had more social anxiety 
would have more cognitive empathy, which is a type of empathy. Okay. And they suspected that higher social anxiety in both men and women would be related to higher affective empathy, another type of empathy. Okay, okay. So that sounds super fascinating. So let's break into how they actually measured these variables. The study title talks about social anxiety specifically. So how did they measure that? Yeah, so the authors define social anxiety as, quote, fear of social situations in which embarrassment might occur. Mm. So they use the fear of negative evaluation scale, also called the FNE, Mm -hmm. which is a 30-item self-report measure. Um, that has been used to measure social anxiety in the past in other studies. Got it. Got it. And as we had talked about before, they also wanted to measure just general anxiety levels. Mm-hmm. So they use the depression anxiety stress scales, okay. also called the DASS. Mm-hmm. Um, DAS. Which is a... DAS. <laughs> and it's a 42-item self-report measure as well that evaluates anxiety, depression, and stress levels uh, within the past week. So for this study, they ended up just taking the items that measured anxiety and using that subset to kind of quantify general anxiety symptoms. I see. I understand. And then you also said that they looked at different types of empathy. You mentioned cognitive and affective empathy. Can you explain a bit more about these these things and how it was measured? Yeah, absolutely. So they talk about how it's really important to break down empathy into affective empathy and cognitive empathy in order to really see how the different components might be impacted by anxiety. Mm. Um, So affective empathy is basically like emotional empathy where you see another's emotion and recognize it and then have a similar personal emotional response yourself. Okay, so that's like... When you're feeling something with another person, you're basically experiencing what they're experiencing. You, Yeah, you got it. And then they also talk about cognitive empathy. Mm-hmm. A little more heady. This is like the ability to accurately assess what another individual is thinking or feeling. Okay, so that's like being able to intellectually understand their perspective or feeling. I feel like I'm – I feel like that's more of where I live in my, in my life. Yeah, so – Like a fun fact about uh, empathy, they share that prior data has shown gender effects that women tend to show higher levels of both types of empathy when compared to men. That's that's fascinating. Wow. There's a million (laughs) things to say. There is. So (laughs) in order to measure empathy, empathy, they use this uh, index, like kind of like a scale called the IRI, Mm -hmm. which is the Interpersonal Reactivity Index. And it's a 28-item self-report assessment of empathy that is broken up into actually four subscales. So they have empathetic concern, perspective-taking, fantasy, and personal distress. For this uh, study, they really pulled only the measures of the empathetic concern and perspective-taking. So for each each item in this uh, 28-item assessment, they have... They respond to statements with a five-point Likert response that might be from, like, this describes me very well to this does not describe me very well. Mm. So for affective empathy, that sort of, like, feeling the emotions with someone else, Mm -hmm. they use the empathetic concern subset. And that included statements like, 
I often have tender, concerned feelings for people less fortunate than me, um, or other people's misfortunes do not usually disturb me a great deal. And those might seem like opposites, but they're both, both measuring like the same construct and they would score them in like reverse depending on how you answered it. Right, right, right. That makes sense. And so then for cognitive empathy, which was understanding others' thoughts and feelings, they use the perspective-taking subset. And so that had statements like, I sometimes try to understand my friends better by imagining how things look from their perspective. Or when I'm upset at someone, I usually try to put myself in their shoes for a while. Mm. Or an example of like one that would be kind of scored the opposite way would be, if I'm sure I'm right about something, I don't want to waste much time listening to other people's arguments. <laughs> wow, I just thought of uh, several different people in my life. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how, like, two measures they use to kind of differentiate the affective empathy, feeling with, versus the cognitive empathy, which is sort of like the understanding. Got it. Um, that makes and sense. And they also used another measure uh, to get a sense of cognitive empathy that like ability to kind of understand what someone else is thinking or feeling Mm -hmm. um but this other measure is actually behavioral oh interesting it's called the reading mind in the eyes task the mie Ooh, that sounds so mystical it sounds super mystical there's a lot of like seeing eye things that come to mind Really, what this, um, I like to call it the eyeball task, uh, mm. what, this, what this task was was that they presented people with 36 black and white photos of, like, eyeballs, but mm. really not just eyeballs, but kind of like the eye area of faces. Got it, got it, got it. And then they asked people to pick what that person would be feeling or thinking from a list of four different adjectives. Huh. So it's like kind of seeing if they could reflect what the emotion was displaying in their eyes. Wow. And then they took the total correct number of answers out of 36, and that was uh, the score they used for participants and had that additional behavioral cognitive empathy data. Got it. So they, they collected self-report data with these, like, surveys, essentially. Yeah, the, I, the IRI. And the IRI. And then they had the eyeball test, which was a behavioral analysis. Yeah. Got it. So then how did they actually conduct the study? Well, the study included 701 participants, 76 uh, of which were female. Okay. And they initially had 797 participants, but only included 701 after removing anyone that had, like, missing data, uh, anyone that was a major outlier that might skew the data, or anyone who answered the questions way too fast and may have had, like, questionable results. Of course, of course. So they gathered data from a data archive uh, at Georgia State University from three prior studies, which had already used the measures that they needed. The participants were all undergraduate students who completed online measures to earn course credit, um, and all measures besides for the demographic data, like, you know, age, race, um, sex, were completed in a random order, and the mean age of participants was, like, 21 uh, 0.33 years old. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I remember being 21.33 years old. <laughs> but wait, can you do that? Because you said they just pulled data from, like, other data archives, like people that have already collected. Is that something you can do? It feels like just cheating. It's not. It actually happens a lot in research when you have access uh, to data that's already there. It can help to use that data uh, to look for important trends. Mm. And 
this is one of the reasons why the U.S. Census is so important. It's because it really helps inform a lot of research data. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So then how did they measure all of this data? So basically they used some fancy statistics uh, called a path analysis um, to see how social anxiety and general anxiety were related to each of the two types of empathy. And then they further broke this down to show how it compared in women versus men. Got it. So what did the study find? Well, they found some statistically significant results. Mm. So for boys and girls, it seems that higher general anxiety was related to lower cognitive empathy. So basically those with higher general anxiety did a bad job picking out the correct eyeball emotions, and then they also described themselves as less likely to consider others' perspectives. Yeah. Fascinating. And they also found that in women, there was a relationship between increased social anxiety and higher scores on the eyeball task. Wow. So, But they didn't find that for men. Got it. So basically, just as the study title suggests, they found that for women, higher social anxiety is related to better cognitive empathy, but this trend was not present for men. Yeah. Hmm. And um, this was like kind of contrary to the hypothesis they had. They also found that affective empathy, that kind of feeling with type Mm -hmm. of empathy, was not related to either type of anxiety, social or general. Oh, wow. So what do these results mean? So it showed that better accuracy on the eyeball task to measure cognitive empathy, but not the self-report of cognitive empathy Mm -hmm. was related to higher social anxiety in women. So it's a little weird that like one measure of cognitive empathy was statistically significant while the other one wasn't. Yeah. And the authors suggest that maybe the eyeball task might be more accurate in picking up more, like, subtle differences in our ability to perceive others' emotions compared to, like, self-reporting our ability. Yeah, that um, seems fair. To perceive them. Yeah. And they suggest that women with more social anxiety... Is there a UFO over there? There's a helicopter. Oh, my God. (laughs) Living in a city. Podcasting in a city, my friends. This is the struggle. (laughs) Well, let's jump back into the results. So we just just found that, one, the results showed better accuracy on the eyeball task to measure that cognitive empathy, not necessarily that self-report cognitive empathy, because the eyeball task may be more accurate in picking up those subtle differences compared to right. that self-report of the ability. And then what else did we find? They also suggested that uh, women with more social anxiety might be more accurate in identifying emotions and facial expressions than less anxious women. Hmm. So it's possible that like how these things related to the task that they had to do uh, might explain the differences. And again, their second hypothesis wasn't supported. Uh, the fact that like they thought that uh, affective empathy, that like feeling with empathy, yeah. was going to be uh, related to social anxiety mm-hmm. in both men and women, and it wasn't um, in either. And it and it wasn't related to general anxiety. So it was, <laughs> it was just like no, this no. is not statistically significant for anything. Huh. And results were consistent with other studies that higher social anxiety uh, was related to better cognitive empathy. Like, that's kind of what some of the research had suggested in the past. Again, it was a little bit mixed. Yeah. And lastly, they found that higher general anxiety 
predicted lower scores on the eyeball task and self-reported cognitive empathy for both men and women. So it's really interesting because higher social anxiety predicted higher scores for women, but higher general anxiety predicted lower scores uh, in cognitive empathy for both men and women. Oh, wow. That is so fascinating. So basically, like, it, it seems like their findings were saying that there is really this big difference between general anxiety and social anxiety. And it's important to look at that. Yeah. And it's something that like, I don't feel like I, I would have ever noticed, honestly. Are there any limitations that we should keep in mind for this study? Yeah. As with any binary gender study, uh, we like to report that gender is not binary. And although it's classically articulated as such, it's and easier for measurement and statistical purposes that, like, male-female dyad doesn't really represent the complexities and nuances of all humans. Yeah, so hopefully research in general and in the future will find a way to be just more inclusive of the non-binary population and the complexity right. of humanity. Yeah, and also results were based on facial expression recognition um, as how they measured cognitive empathy, like, behaviorally. Mm-hmm. And a social anxiety scale. But it's possible that men assess or experience social situations just differently than women, uh, which Mm -hmm. might explain why they find similar results. So again, it's like, so they use this picture of eyes to assess how well people are measuring cognitive empathy for others. Mm -hmm. But like men might, I don't know, use something else like biologically. They might look at someone's like mouth or something that like the study didn't used as like how they measured the variable yeah interesting. Um, i mean we don't know but um it's a good question to ask though right it's just important that that might be like an underlying thing Mm -hmm. to think about Mm -hmm. um also generalizability which means like how well you can apply these findings to like this the population at large yeah it's kind of limited um as participants were primarily young university students Mm -hmm. and the population was uh 76 percent female which is pretty high when you're trying to look at gender effects yeah that's very true and also the evidence and conclusions really in the study add to a pile of research that continues to present conflicting results across literature so the study provides evidence that gender effects may impact the relationship of social anxiety and empathy and that it's important to be looking at general anxiety as well but there's still a lot more to learn well thank you so much taylor for bringing in this study i i'm so excited to talk about it in passing notes next week i have many thoughts and feelings can you feel my thoughts and feelings i can i is my Are you... perspective taking my cognitive empathy act acting up yeah can you see in my eyes <laughs> Can you see it? Can you understand it from a cognitive perspective? I can. Can you feel it in your heart? Oh yes, I'm feel. I'm feeling the. I'm feeling it. <laughs> you know what? I think right now today I'm feeling a little bit tired. So probably my like ability to feel with is very low. But I could like, I could maybe get I, I could understand a little bit. She gets it. (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, we're so excited to chat with you next Tuesday for another episode of Study Buddies. Have a lovely week. Bye, everyone. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught In Between. 
You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.